Hey everyone, welcome to another awesome episode of Ramblers. As promised in last week's episode, we're attempting to keep each week varied in content. We don't want you to feel like we're getting lazy and stagnant. Speaking of lazy and stagnant, you're also going to notice it's just me this week. Zach has apparently overslept his alarm. This week, we're going to talk about Captain America. We're going to talk a little bit about his history, and we're going to try to figure out something that just bugs me a great deal. You see, as a soldier, I need to know. I have a burning need to know who the hell did Captain America belong to. Now, before we kick it into gear, I want you to be sure to check out any of our links around here somewhere. Uh, it's a Patreon link. There, you can click on it. You can join become an exclusive member of our community that's where you could support valley studios valley studios gaming and of course that's going to give you ex extra access to early content and that sort of stuff you becoming a member of that community allows us to create brand new and better content so uh let's get rolling Captain America, an idol of the American way. He's strong, handsome, looks a lot like Chris Evans. But he wasn't always that way. In fact, at one time, Cap was better known as Steve Rogers. He was a poor orphan boy born on the wrong side of the tracks. What a great description, Marvel. It sounds like Mike Cook wrote it. Anyways... He was a small, smaller physique, shorter, gangly kind of guy. Rogers enlisted in the army during World War II, not because he was looking for college tuition or he was trying to impress a woman, although being a man in uniform really isn't a bad way to impress a woman. Nope, he simply did it because he thought it was the right thing to do. However, due to that small Aaron Berogan-like stature, he was rejected. I was not, I got a waiver. Which does make me wonder in a time, though, where they were using a draft to bring people in. How friggin' small do you actually have to be to get rejected? Sorry, son. Look, just give me a chance. Once he was rejected, Elon Musk, um, Abraham Erskine, saw potential in Rogers and recruited him to be part of the super-secret squirrel mission. It was, uh... What do they call it? Project Rebirth, I believe. Um, during Project Rebirth, Rogers is injected with specialized serums and gets exposure to a unique sort of radiation, which makes Rogers the world's first fully developed super soldier. Now, Erskine was a German scientist, Jewish German scientist, but what is it with this time period and German sci scientists having these weird nefarious acts they do. I mean, uh, creating the captain or not, that aside, he's injecting a small man with strange serums and then contaminating him with radiation. Eesh. Anyways, after going through these, Rogers is now a tall and muscular, definitely like me, man who also possesses amazing strength and agility. However... He does, with all that in mind, he does just stand there and watch Erskine get shot by a Nazi spy. Way to go, Cap. 
Anyways, America quickly grabs up this impressive young super soldier and decides what's better than taking a more than human human and sending him to the front lines where he can destroy an entire battlefield. Well, obviously m putting him in a costume and making him an American icon. Not all of us can storm a beach or drive a tank, but there's still a way all of us can fight. Who wants to fight like the man for what's right Series E defense bonds. Each one you buy is a bullet in the barrel of your best guy's gun. Who will campaign door to door for America? And this is what they do for a bit. Eventually the captain does get to go on secret missions while pretending to be this bumbling fool known as Private Steve Rogers stationed at Camp Lehigh, New Jersey. Now, as far as I could tell, Fort Lehigh, otherwise known as Fort Bix sometimes, is based loosely on Fort Dix, New Jersey. Fort Dix served at the same time periods as Fort Lehigh, and it's just about in the exact same location. So this is where we're going to get into the meat of today's story. Because as a soldier, it bothers me we don't know which command Captain America fell under. It's true he did secret missions. But in order for an asset to move around through enemy territories and be given only given information that only a soldier or a high-ranking officer most likely would actually have, they have to have some form of command above them. The orders have to come from somewhere. And Rogers rarely goes off on some kind of whim because he fights for America. Now, I fully heartedly believe Captain America belongs to the 1st United States Army. You have to understand, at the time when there, at the time of World War II, there was something like 15 major commands in field armies, right? So 1st Army through 15th Army. I know. The military was very creative with their naming mechanisms. These commands would be responsible for many of the campaigns that took place in the offensives that America was a part of during World War II. Um, and many of these field armies were actually stood up during World War II for these offensives and then decommissioned shortly after the war concluded. First Army, however, was created in World War I, actually in the fields of France, and they were created to turn the tides of that First World War. After successfully doing that, they started training the Reserve and National Guard units for deployment. During World War II, they were then reactivated as a field army to help lead the charge of battles, and in fact, they did much of the training and preparing for the European theater uh, push. Now, Let's return to Fort Dix. I know that was a historical little detour. Let's go back real quick to Fort Dix, okay? Fort Dix during World War II would have been training soldiers. Are you following where I'm going with this? Now, it's true that during this time, Fort Dix, being in New Jersey, First Army was actually headquartered at Governor's Island in New York. But all things considered, that's a hot, hop, skip, and jump. And consider now that 1st Army is headquartered in Illinois, yet it trains National Guard and Reserve soldiers across the nation and in two different U.S. territories. It really doesn't seem like that far of a stretch that in 1944, they trained soldiers basically just down the street. I know. I know. I'm rambling. But it all ties together soon, I promise. 
So let's return to old Steve Rogers. Now, the Cap doesn't like missing out on a good fight, right? I mean, what good is a comic book if our hero's just sitting in the background? One of the most iconic battles during the uh, World War II era is that of the invasion of Normandy, D-Day. So, did Captain America fight in D-Day? For that answer, we're going to jump over to Wolverine. What? Aaron, this is getting super convoluted. I know. I know. But all good conspiracy theories get super convoluted so we could throw you off our scent, and eventually you just start agreeing, yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Now, there are some, but <laughs> there are actually some back issues about Wolverine that, in fact, show him fighting alongside Captain America and Bucky. So, how does that prove Rogers and Bucky belong to First Army since Wolverine's Canadian? I'm glad you asked that question. You see, Operation Overlord was a joint allies movement. The United States Army side of the house was under the command of General Omar Bradley. Omar Bradley was the commander of none other than First Army. This means that, in fact, First Army oversaw the entire U.S. Army push during D-Day. And I mean, and I'm going to say this again, all. I repeat, all U.S. soldiers who were pushed onto those dreadful beaches were members of First Army. So therefore, Rogers and Bucky actually both served under First Army. Now, you're, you might be going, whoa, this is a lot, a lot of history and stuff going on. So I want to, instead of telling you something, I want to show you something. So hold on to your hats, kids. Let's take a look at Captain America, right? In circa 1945, sure, why not? Look at the logo on his forehead. Now, look at this. This is First Army's current logo. Do you see the similarity? I know you're wondering, Aaron, how do you know it's First Army's logo? Well, I, I made. I made that. And now you're going, oh, I see what you did there. You're forcing Captain America to have been part of First Army by recreating the logo. Well, no. I, I drew inspiration, it's true. But not from Captain America. Let's look at this. This is the First Army patch circa World War II. Now, let's compare this again to Captain America. Similar shape, similar font. Now, if you keep in mind, Captain America was actually created in 1941 by Timely Comics, the predecessor to Marvel Comics, or a predecessor, rather. Um, he's always worn that same A on his forehead. To me, that is the First Army A. And again, First Army wore this patch back in World War I. Now, while Marvel has not officially said who Captain America belongs to, I say all evidence points to the fact that he, in fact, fell under First Army. So, come on, Marvel. Put my theory to the test. See if it checks out. And if it does, please let me know, because I really, really, really hate not having all the information. I don't like no not knowing things. As for all of you who are watching, I challenge you to test my theory as well. Let me know of your theories in the comments. Did I miss something? Are there characters that have seemingly small gaps in their backstories that bother you? I cannot be the only crazy one out there with this thirst of knowledge. Also, while you're here, be sure to hit that like, subscribe buttons, as well as the little bell so that you're notified every single time we have a new episode come out. Be sure to follow us on Facebook. And don't forget, you could take Ramblers on the road with you through iTunes and Anchor. Also, don't forget, you can again, you can join our exclusive community on Patreon, where for $1 a month, 
you can get early access to all of our content. And for $20 a month, you get access to a special never released episode of Ramblers. And as we start getting ready to start our merchandising for Ramblers and Valley Studios Gaming at the $20 a month, you get first go at all of that. Don't forget, we stream every single Tuesday and Friday, and uh, we will soon be launching a podcast on Monday nights. We are filling up your calendar fast. I hope you enjoy it. Also, don't forget that we have a lot of other stuff going on. We have um, On the Radar with Ray. That should be launching fairly soon. And I know Mike Cook is working very, very hard on Chucky Chicken. All of those things will be able to be found on Valley Studios' page. So, a lot going on. But the truth of it is, is we have it all going on because of you guys and your continued support. So thank you so much. We love you. And we will see you again very, very soon. Now, it is time for me to put on my coat where I, too, will probably wear that First Army A that Captain America has on his forehead. We'll see you later. Later.